Welcome to Consensus, a podcast from Census Technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Consensus, a podcast from Census Technologies. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the program. Today, we're going to be taking you into instrument tracking and beyond. And so this is uh, that's our title for this episode. It's going to be a fun episode where we're going to start with the basics and get deeper and deeper as we go into instrument tracking. And so joining me today, we have two experts from Census Technologies. First, we have Jacob Long. He's a sales engineer at Census. Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Happy to have you on. And we're also joined today by Seamus Johnson. He is the director. Uh, he's a senior director of application development at Census. Seamus, welcome to the podcast. Sorry, I forgot senior. That's all right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, we are pleased to have both of you here on the podcast today. And so, like I said in the introduction, let's start off here at the beginning, just with the basic level of instrument level tracking. So we're going to we're gonna call this Instrument Tracking 101. So guys, what is an instrument mark and how and why do we use them? Uh, give us some idea into what these things are and then how they're used and why that's so beneficial. Yeah. So the, the basic problem is this. If you talk to any circulating nurse at any hospital in the United States and ask them, how often do you open a tray and there's instruments missing? They'll tell you it happens every day. It, it's been a struggle for, for, for as long as sterile processing departments have been putting tra- uh, instruments in trays, right? And so the kind of the, the idea that census was founded on was that if you put a barcode on an instrument and people scan those instruments into the trays, the computer can ensure that every tray is, is accurately assembled every time. It's really the only way to eliminate that persistent problem. And to, to understand why that's important, if, if the, you know, the, the nurse opens a tray or something missing, then they don't have the instruments that they need in order to perform the surgery. So they got to go and, and pull extras, which means as a result, most hospitals carry excess instrumentation just to compensate for a quality problem. That's a great point. Jacob, anything you want to add to to what Seamus said there, just about the importance, you know, of instrument level tracking and and, and why this is such a a big thing? Yeah, yeah, of course. Seamus's example is is right on. Pretty sure we see the same consistent issues, the same struggles, whether it's a circulating nurse or a scrub tech doing their counts or an SPD technician, you know, putting their sets together. We see a lot of the same issues, you know, constantly that that all all these professionals have to deal with. And being able to have each, you know, almost like a fingerprint for each one of these instruments. And then, like Seamus mentioned, using like that in conjunction with like a computer and a scanner, it really helps, you know, all these technicians and nurses, regardless of what stage they're in, have that that level of visibility. So regardless if I'm the nurse in the room or if I'm the person putting the set together, being able to have that instrument to instrument traceability, it it gives them, you know, it it lets them know exactly what they're handling. And then it lets everyone know downstream what they handle. So, so as long as, you know, the instrument marks are used from start to finish, it creates a a really seamless cycle of of what instruments exist in what sets, who's been using them, how often they've been used and things like that. So it's really great, not only just for the end user experience, because it helps them know what they're handling or what they should expect to be handling. But then everything that's done, you know, with also a platform like Sensitrack, it also gives them just that traceability record as well. So it's not only just the, the benefit for the end user, but everything that ever gets done gets logged as well, and it's all reportable. So from the end user experience, it's really important, and then also just from any sort of data or any record retention, it's also really valuable for healthcare healthcare professionals, you know, anyone in a sterile processing environment, really. Yeah, that, that's a great point. You know, beyond just getting trays assembled correctly every time. Marking to instrument level allows you to do some other things as well. For example, 
You can track your instrumentation. Instruments go lost all the time. You can track quality issues to the instrument. You can track repair issues. So if you have high dollar instrumentation, you can mark that and understand how often it's going out for repair, why it's going out for repair, where it's getting damaged. Is it is it happening in transport? Is it happening in the OR room? Is it happening in, you know, in decon when it's being processed? So there are all these other problems that you can solve as a result of tracking instrumentation to the to the instrument level rather than just to the track. You can trace instruments to a patient. So if you have a CJD scare, you can now get information about all the patients that may have been exposed because you know exactly which instrument was used on every patient. And these are pieces of data that without a system and marks, is, it's nearly impossible to, to have. <laughs> if, if, we, if we consider this on paper, there's no way to know exactly what instruments are being used. We know what type of instrument, but it's impossible to know exactly what instrument. So this is, right. these are pieces of data that, that until, you know, just within the last couple of decades, was, was almost impossible to even get. Um, so it's a whole new world of, of being able to have that type of management and oversight of these instruments. And for SPD managers, it also helps them with customers outside of just the OR, too. So a lot of SPD departments service clinics, and it's very important to be able to show to the clinic, okay, here are exactly all the things that you sent me to reprocess, and here is everything that I'm sending back to you. And by the way, I'm not losing your stuff. Sometimes that happens, but the problem that they have a lot of times is that they're not tracking to the instrument level is that a clinic will say, you know, I'm missing this, that, or the other. I'm pretty sure you guys lost it. And then the clinic won't do anything to try and find that instrumentation until, you know, an exhausted two-week search has gone on in the SPD department, right? And if you can show them right away, no, I, I didn't lose it, then they'll look for it right away, and they're much more likely to find it. So even though both you know, the clinic and SPD are part of the hospital, and it's the hospital's budget overall that's impacted by you know, losing these instruments, um, it's really important to understand how things are getting lost, where they're getting lost, because otherwise you just can't fix the problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. This feels like technology being utilized and used to provide transparency kind of all throughout all of these operations, right? So it provides that that visibility, that transparency that's necessary to make sure that, yeah, things don't get lost, that things are there where you expect them to be and all those sorts of things, right? Yes, right, sir. right. Excellent stuff. So we, we talked a little bit about instrument marking, but what are some of the methods used for instrument marking? Can you talk us through some of the methods and some of the technologies there? Yeah. So so at Census, we actually offer two different strategies. Um, we have one strategy, which is referred to as electrochemical marking, or ECM for short. And that uses uh, essentially like an electronic potential to put a, almost like a tattoo. That's how I like to think of it. Um, it's like a stencil that gets applied to the instruments. So it can be applied to stainless steel instruments, and it's like a little QR code almost, like you would scan for like a restaurant or a menu at a restaurant or something. So we can use electrochemical marking to adhere those marks to instruments. And then there's also laser technologies that exist today as well. And we also offer um, a laser that can do the same type of mark, just of course a different, a different thing, using laser marking to, to the material as opposed to an electrochemical mark. They, they both create marks on the instruments that can be scanned with our systems, and then they both can, can attach those as well. And then what's also kind of changing in the industry is manufacturers of surgical instruments themselves are starting to be expected to put these individual UDI marks on their instruments. And while there's no official mandate yet, it's, it's projected to, to you know, occur anytime in the near future. Um, I think within the next year or two, in insurance manufacturers will actually be required by the FDA to have you know, unique device identifying marks on their instruments. So there's quite a few different ways to get those you know, in, in the market today. Seamus, any follow-up? 
Yeah, no, that's a really good point about manufacturers putting uh, marks on instruments. You know, for a lot of our customers, they have a, a large inventory of instruments. And I think what's important to understand is that you don't have to mark all of your instruments in order to see a return on your investment here. Some of those instruments are already going to come with marks. So you can take advantage of that today with Synthetrack. And then you can put together a roadmap for which instruments to mark first so that you see maximum benefit right up front. So you might, for example, target your high dollar scopes first so that you can track repair and damage the scopes or drills so that you can you know, track when drills go missing or something like that. And then move on to peel packs and clinic items so that you can get value out of that set. And then eventually you get to a point where everything's marked and you can put things in trays through assembly and guarantee that no nurse ever has to open a tray missing instruments ever again. That's a great point. Excellent, excellent point. And so talk to me then, uh, Jacob, you were talking about the, the two primary methods that, that Centratrack uses. Uh, tell me about using Centratrack in tandem with these marks. What are some of the benefits that are, that are provided there? Kind of talk me through what that looks like from a benefit standpoint. Yeah, no problem. What's great is Seamus already hit on a lot of these, is once those instruments are marked, we can actually tell our solutions what that instrument is. So there's kind of two stages to the marking process. There's the, the, the actual application of the mark onto the instrument if it's needed. And then the second stage is what we like to refer to as commissioning. So a fingerprint's kind of useless unless we tell Sensitrack what that fingerprint is. So then the Sensitrack knows in that commissioning process exactly what that instrument is because we tell it that. And so now it knows exactly what that instrument is. And because it knows exactly what that instrument is, we then get a lot of benefits there. So, like I said, Seamus mentioned quite a few of these, but we get traceability, right? We know exactly where these instruments go. We know who assembled them. We know when they got assembled. We know when they got sterilized, where they got sterilized, where they got put away, where they got used, when they got used. So every time a scan event happens with a marked instrument, that gets logged. So you get full traceability. It's like you said, um, Tyler, transparency as well. We know everything. We know the whens, the wheres, the whos for these instruments. Mm -hmm. And once again, it's a level of data that hasn't really been possible too much in the past or without a platform like this. Seamus also mentioned like maintenance and usage. It lets us know exactly how many times we're using instruments. I think a lot of the times SPDs and ORs, they kind of have you know a, a, a rough approach or, or an estimated approach to when they should refurbish or repair a lot of their instruments. It's usually set like on time intervals, you know, like every 90 days or on usage intervals, every 60 uses or something. But it's usually like what I refer to like a shotgun approach. They'll just sharpen or repair a whole tray or something. Well, if we know exactly what we need to refurbish based on instrument usage, we can then make really cost-effective decisions for maintenance that way. Why refurbish an entire tray if only, you know, these half of the instruments in that tray need maintenance or refurbishment? So there's that type of data as well. And then that just corresponds to purchasing. Seamus also hit on missing instruments. I'm pretty sure every, every SQD and OR, like you mentioned, deals with missing instruments at one point or another. And being able to know exactly what you're missing, being able to know what you need to purchase also really helps with those decisions as well. I'm not purchasing instruments I don't need to purchase. And also I can locate instruments that might mitigate me from having to make purchases. And then also for the user's benefit, we can also attach like instrument specific messages and instructions for use to them, also known as IFUs. So there can be proper reprocessing because as the industry evolves, these instruments are evolving as well. Instrumentation is a lot more complex than it used to be a few decades ago. So there's a lot of instruments these days with moving parts, with integrity test requirements, things like that. And it's really difficult for, for a technician or a professional there 
to memorize and remember all those things. So being able to scan an instrument and then have a message show up on screen that says, hey, this, this instrument needs particular care. Please do X, Y, and Z. Those are all really valuable things to make sure these instruments get properly handled and, and maintained and reprocessed. So that way, when they get used, they're, they're perfect for use. They're, they're just, they've been assembled and reprocessed according to how they should be. Yeah, I think along with that, you know, you were talking earlier about the different methods to marking instruments. I think what one thing is important for customers to understand is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to mark instruments out there. But it's not actually super easy to mark an instrument, mark it well, and to read the instrument. Hmm. In the early days at Census, we went through a lot of trial and error trying to find the right combination of technologies to make this easy. So if you think about, like, when you go to a supermarket and you go through the checkout and you scan the UPC code at the self-checkout, for example, on something, that's really easy to do, right? You just swipe the thing over the scanner, boop, 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 it does it. And that's the kind of experience you want when you're scanning an instrument as well. But with instrumentation, you're looking at a stainless steel surface. It's usually curved and it's usually very shiny. And the way most scanners work, if you remember from the the supermarket example, is they illuminate their target with laser lights, right? So if you shine laser lights at a shiny curved surface, you just get laser light back in your face and it blinds the camera. So we, we put a lot of work into coming up with the right combination of technologies to make that fast, effective, and uh, affordable. You know, I think everyone is pretty good at using the self-checkout line, except for whoever the person directly in front of me is. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's been y'all's experience, but that's certainly been, been my experience. So uh, as we talk about the technology that enables this to happen, tell me a little bit about the, the Cognix scanners and, and the different, um, maybe the latest model details and the things along those lines there that kind of enable this, uh, this level of tracking and technology to take place. Yeah, so Cognix has been a great partner of ours for many years now. It, it took us a long time, uh, several years, uh, to find the right scanner. In the very, very early days, we were experimenting with a number of different methods. Like I said, you know, when you illuminate the target directly with laser light, it just blinds the camera because you're basically shining laser light onto a mirror almost. And so the, the first innovation that we came up with was to illuminate the target with diffuse light instead. So instead of shining laser beams directly onto the mark, you shine the laser beams onto a flat white surface and then let that illuminate the target, right? <laughs> um, so we developed uh, what looked like hoods that went over the front of scanners. Yeah, it would have like a cone on the front of it, and that worked pretty well. And then the folks at Cognix came along and said, well, you know, there's actually a better way to do that. And they had um, a plexiglass attachment on the front of the, the scanners that would diffuse the light. So the light actually went through the plexiglass and came out across the target and it was diffused. And that made the, uh, the target a lot easier to read. You didn't have a lot of light coming directly back into the camera anymore. And then they did some really cool things with the way that light gets, gets created, the angles at which it gets created, specifically for reading marks on surgical instruments. And so today we've got a solution that makes it super easy, just like that supermarket experience to scan marks on instruments. That's yeah, pretty fascinating. I remember even I've even seen evolutions of the Cognexes just since I've been with Consensus. Um, the new models we have read read the marks really quickly. You don't have to get as close. And there's also a setting that's really nice for text. Where for my example here, I have to push the button. I have to kind of push the trigger to make it work for my model. 
but they can also be configured to just be always on. So that's really handy when I'm assembling or when I'm, when I'm reprocessing because I can have my, my scanner just on a stand that holds it and I can just run my instruments under it without having to free up my hands. I don't have to worry about using my free hand to pull the trigger or hold the scanner. So with it being always on, putting it on a stand, with all the technology to diffuse the laser that Seamus referred to, it makes it to where you can scan those instruments really easily. So if we can imagine this would just be on all the time when I'm assembling and I can just scan my instruments under it. So right. the combination of, of the, the technology as well as how it's deployed with those Cognex scanners really helps us get the most out of those marks and, and really improves the user experience as well. Yeah. So in concept, it's really easy just to put a barcode on an instrument and start tracking. <laughs> but in practice, it's, it's really quite difficult. Yeah. And the advantage that we have is we've been doing it for 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. There's that track record there. There's that, but it's not a better way to say it than, than there's a track record there. There's a history of success and there's a knowledge that comes with that track record. And, and with the amount of time that you've spent doing this sort of thing, you, you kind of learn the ins and outs, the different challenges that exist. And because of that, you, you come away, you know, knowing what some of the difficulties are and how to navigate them. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So talk to me about the census software as a service kind of instrument level tracking relationship that you're able to develop with clients and, and how you're able to then work with other people to make sure that they're able to find success using these tools and instruments and, and making sure that these SPD departments are able to, to really do the things that they need to do and create these new efficiencies. Talk to me a little bit more about the, the software as a service aspect of this. Yeah. 20 years ago, we launched the uh, track as software as a service, which wasn't a thing 20 years ago. In the late 90s, nobody was talking about software as a service. Primarily at that time, if you walked into a sterile processing department, they would be using Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Word to keep track of the what they call count sheets, what's in every tray. Um, sometimes they had physical paper count sheets. And so, you know, we, we, we were going to hospitals and we were saying, hey, you know, you, we have this great tracking system. And it, by the way, it's a website and it'll keep track of your account sheets and all this stuff. And, and they kind of looked at us like, why do you want me to, why do you want me to sign up for a website? I've got, I've got Excel <laughs> over here, right? But the advantage, the advantage, and, and the world knows it now, right? The advantage to cloud deployed software is really in the return on investment for the, for the hospital. So if you have traditional software and you deploy that software to servers in the hospital and the desktops in the hospital, the IT department has to care and feed for that, right? When, when servers go down, the IT group has to know how to stand them back up again. The IT has to learn all of those different pitfalls that come with a new technology. IT has to, you know, review security and, and scalability and, and uh, reliability for all of these different services. And, you know, there's a cost to that. That's not, that's not free. And the advantage that cloud-deployed software brings is that we do all that for you. We have a team, professionals, that do nothing but care for and feed Sensitrack. So they already know all the ins and outs of uh, you know, the pitfalls and, and how to configure it properly and deploy it in a highly available configuration. You know, so it saves you all of that trouble. Uh, I think for the first 10 years that we were in business, that was an uphill battle. And somewhere around 2008, 2009, small hospitals started to really look for that value. And, and it, at small hospitals, it was because they didn't have a vast IT infrastructure, you know, to, to, to dedicate to a new software product. And then around 2014, 2015, large hospitals started to look for that value as well. I think prior to that, 
there was always a concern about, you know, in, in the 90s, uh, patient health safety, patient privacy, security. And so the there were a lot of hospitals that really just wanted to bring everything in-house because the only way they, they could guarantee that that information was secure is if they held it. And what we've learned over the last 20 years in terms of cybersecurity is that nobody's safe. Hospitals get hacked every day. And so what you really need is you need a team of dedicated professionals that knows the best way to secure a particular software product. And like I said, that's what we do all day, every day. And so you don't have to you know, train new staff to do it and send them to classes and buy servers and, 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 right? Instead, you can simply hand that off to census. We don't charge anything extra for it. And you get a much bigger return on your investment as a result. That's really well put. Jacob, what kind of follow-up do you have to that? Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. I, I, I always like to see it from also from like the end user experience as well. Um, when, this, when facilities, whether it's a large hospital, a smaller hospital, like she said, looking for that, that safety and that return is, is always at the forefront there. But we never want to forget the end users too. And, and when it comes to how we deploy the cloud-based software, we offer you know, free patches and upgrades and developments primarily based off either where the industry is going or customer feedback that we find value for the industry. So we, we, with, by deploying a cloud-based solution like this, we can, we can update and upgrade our customers' you know, databases with little to no downtime. We don't interrupt their work. We offer those you know, without additional charges to subscription and things like that. So, so using that cloud-based software also helps from a support and development point of view as well. So anytime we come out with a new feature or new bells and whistles, all of our customers get, that, get access to it as soon as they're released. And also our licensing, the way that we allow facilities to, to deploy SensorTrack wherever it works, wherever they need it, they can get that cloud-based solution at any workstation. So whether that's you know a nurse, a charge nurse's desk or a manager's office or a decontam reprocessing area, we can go ahead and install SensorTrack wherever it makes the most sense for those customers. And then using the cloud-based deployment, once again, we can update them, we can, we can, we can have a lot of oversight and, and just that really takes a lot of the stress off the customers as well from the IT group down to the end user. There's a lot of things that I don't even think they realize when we deploy this way. There's a lot of things that they don't have to worry about because of the way that we manage a lot of this in-house. I like how you put that, just kind of removing some of the headaches, making sure that you've reduced downtime for them and, and that sort of thing, I think really, yeah, really provides that peace of mind that's that's necessary to focus on the job at hand, the tasks at hand, right? And that's, I think, an important thing about what you're talking about and what, what you're doing. So let's talk a little bit more about Census Sensimark and some of the data offerings that you have as well. Can you kind of talk us through the advantages that those provide and the benefits that they can provide to, to SPD departments? Yeah, so so Sensimark is a team dedicated at Census where you know they eat, sleep, breathe uh, instrument marketing and data. So mm. we have really dedicated teams at Census. That way, you know, any from, from any sort of support characteristic, we have a team dedicated to it. So, for example, we have a client management team, client services, which is dedicated to you know client manager to customer one on one support. You know, we have clinical services, which is a team of healthcare and industry professionals, which makes sure that what we're doing at Census is on par with the industry. You know, We have really specific teams to help us move forward and advance. And with that, we have our Sensomark team and program. And the Sensomark program is designed specifically to help our customers that are interested in instrument level tracking get there successfully. So Sensomark helps customers lay out their strategies. Like Seamus mentioned earlier, something really important to consider is we don't expect someone to, to mark 
all quarter million of their instruments in a week or something like that. It makes it really difficult. Um, so Sensomark's designed to gauge a customer's desire, first of all, when you want to get at instrument level tracking. Do you want to track your high value instruments? Do you want to track scopes? Do you want to track Da Vinci or robotic instruments? So, and then next, it's how do you want to do that? Do we want to go electrochemical? Do we want to go laser? What makes the most sense for your facility, for your budget, et cetera? Once we get to the, you know, the next stage, we then help facilitate the marking, either with some of our professional partners or we help the customers learn. We, we teach them and train them how to do the marking themselves. There's different hybrid you know, strategies to get the instruments actually marked and commissioned. And then there's the training associated with going to instrument level tracking. So Sensomark's designed specifically to get a customer to instrument level tracking with all the considerations that are involved from when you first get the idea to when you're deploying it live. And, there, and we have stages and steps and process there to make sure it's done correctly. I, I always tell our customers too, I always like to think of it as like a crawl, walk, run type of thing. You never want to just hit the ground running with instrument level marketing. You want to, you want to get exposed to it. You want to understand it. And Sensomark's designed to help our customers do just that. Seamus, any follow-up to, uh, to Jacob's comments uh, talking about Sensomark? Yeah. So one thing I would say here is that this is a really, really important part of what we do. Maybe close to the most important part of what we do. We, we don't, we, for a long time, you know, you, you could look at census and you could say, oh, they're a software company. But we don't think of ourselves as a software company. We think of ourselves as a service company. We are in the business of making our customers better. And, you, you know, service is the is the tip of the spear in that regard. So, you know, when, when we you know engage with a customer, we're looking for a way to help them improve, take waste out of the system, do things more efficiently, do things better, ultimately knowing that they are going to make patients better, right? That's the number one goal. Yeah, I, I think that's that's really important. And doesn't that kind of keep the the central goal, the main thing, right? That in the end, this is all about creating better outcomes for patients, but that can take a lot of different forms and what you're doing, you know, helps allow for that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. That's a, that's a great point. And I think a great way of, of looking at it and keeping the main thing, the main thing. Right. And so uh, I think that's really, really well, really well said, really well said. Well, guys, this has been uh, just an awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed getting to chat with you guys more about this and to learn a little bit more about instrument tracking and really kind of starting at the most basic level and going deeper and deeper as we've gone along. But do you have any final thoughts, anything you want to leave our listeners and viewers with here today? If there's something we haven't covered yet or just a conclusion kind of statement to wrap things up for people. Uh, Jacob, let me kick it to you first just for any final thoughts. Yeah. So I guess, Put me on the spot there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, we, we covered a lot of valuable information. I think because also just some background, I, I used to implement for census. I used to go and train and stuff. So I've, I've been elbow to elbow with, with technicians and nurses, you know, seeing how they re respond to this, seeing how they like it. And I think something that's really important to close on is it, it's, it's, it's not easy to get there, but when we get there, we'll help you get there. And when it, when we do get to the instrument level tracking stage, it, it just makes an immeasurable amount of difference for these end users. Like I said, there's a lot of data and a lot of offerings that years ago, no one even knew or knew exist or could be possible. Like having the, the instrument level capabilities that are, that are available now to us through SensorTrack and instrument level tracking. For, for SPD technicians and professionals, it's, it's a whole, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a, just an amazing tool that helps them make sure that everything's done properly. Everything's done efficiently. Everything, everyone always has eyes on what they need to have eyes on. And communication and, and, and communicative paths in SPDs and ORs is also a struggle. And being able to know what I'm handling, being able to know that I'm handling it properly, being able to know that when I use an instrument in the OR room that it was reprocessed properly, 
there's a lot of a lot of considerations and, and worries that, that can can just really just disappear. Um, so for the end users and being there elbow to elbow and seeing them see the benefit was always really cool because especially if I go somewhere to a hospital that was coming from paper, like like Seamus mentioned, they were printing out you know Excel spreadsheets through their accounts on with a pen, and then you show them you know this computer software, the solution that all of a sudden is just an all-in-one, all-in-one, like future-proof way to make sure that, that they're handling their instruments properly and they know where they're at and all those things. So it's hard to describe what the end user experience looks like, but it, it was always just a lot of fun to see it happen because it's, it's one thing to just talk about these things, but it's another thing to see it in, in action. And I always really liked, you know, training and, and showing technicians, you know, this is how you scan an instrument and then just, you know, wow, that's it. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, look, there's some pictures, there's some IFUs, things like that. Um, so it's just the doors it opens for the end users is also something that's always at the forefront of my mind with instrument level tracking as well. Hmm. Yep. Excellent stuff. Really well put. Seamus, go for it. Yeah. So big picture, you know, before I worked at census, I didn't know what the sterile processing department of a hospital was. Hey, then I'm still if you ask, <laughs> Yeah, right. If you ask people, most people don't know, <laughs> but having, having worked with people from SPD for a long time now, Sterile processing is really the engine behind the OR. If sterile processing stops, the OR stops, right? And it's it's super important, super critical. If they don't do their job well, people get sick. It's it's really, really important. And so for me, I see a lot of purpose in, in what we're able to do here at Census by making that department better. It's it's super important. It's just it's just awesome to be part of it. It is, it is. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed getting to hear and, and to learn more about this. And and I like the way that, that you both explain these topics and, and the way that you talk about the opportunity to be a part of making these departments operate more efficiently and better and things along those lines, I think has been really enlightening and really great. And so Jacob and Seamus, thank you guys so much for joining us here on this episode of Consensus, sharing a little bit more just about instrument tracking and all the things that goes into it and the ways that this can make SPDs more, uh, more efficient and productive. So thanks again, guys, for joining the podcast. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Everyone out there, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Consensus and for joining us for this conversation. For more, make sure to head to Consensus's website where you can ask questions, you can reach out and learn more information there. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But for this one, for Jacob Long and Seamus Johnson, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.